Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah, we're in the final chapter in this epistle. I've, I've loved it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was just been so much here. And it, every time I think back on it, I think, oh, that's important, that's important. I just pray that you guys just continue to just go back and listen to things. Just because it was yesterday doesn't mean that it is a past truth. You know, I, I preached it yesterday, but it's still a present truth. Amen? And all of it adds, uh, all of it works together, you know, to bring you to the place where you are. You know, I, I, just, I just look at the Apostle John, I think he's, he's like, he should have a little eye on his, you know, in his front. It says invincible, <laughs> you know? He just, I, I just feel that about him. He just was one of those, he was the only one they couldn't kill. You know, all the other ones died. They were all martyred. This one, they tried to, he just wouldn't die. I think that is pretty awesome. Amen. And so, you know, I just sort of think that's somebody to follow after, so to speak. Um, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And, uh, you know, I just think the Apostle John was extraordinary in that way. And he's the one that said, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. You know, like, wow. He brought revelation to us that was just extraordinary. Um, and so it is this ap Apostle that is writing to us and we're in 1 John chapter 5, and now in verses 4 and 5, we began that last week. We are not going to get through it this week, <laughs> okay? It's going to be a couple of weeks. I would have done this as a series in itself, uh, you know, if we weren't uh, doing what we're doing right now. So I, I don't want to shortchange you on this. Is that okay? Because uh, I think we need this right now. So let me begin by reading in 1 John chapter 5, in verses 4 and 5, the Apostle John says, for what's, what... Whatever, I always think in King James, because that's where I memorize this in the King James. Please forgive me, okay? Uh, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, or our faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Did you notice the number of times he says that we are to overcome? And notice all the things that he attaches to it. First he says, because you're born of God, you need to be overcoming the world. Then he says, you got faith, you should be overcoming the world. <laughs> I'm a short version, okay? Then he says, because you believe in the Son of God, you should be overcoming the world. You know, there are so many things in that when you really look at it. Because he's saying, listen, any one of those things allows you to overcome the world. If you're not overcoming it, what's up? Are you all with me? Amen? And again, you know, I think it comes back to uh, what Jesus said, if you can believe, then all things are possible. And I think that is the real key to all of this. And my job is to help you believe. You know, some people out there help you not believe. <laughs> okay? But my job is to help you believe. You know, if you can believe, it opens something up in you and it opens the door to God for things to begin to happen. In you, you begin, there's a generator in there. Obviously, God knew how he created us. Obviously, God knew that if you did this thing called believe, you exercise this thing called faith, and things will begin to change on the outside, things that the world say are unchangeable. You're with me. And so, you know, this is the thing that I need to get you to a place where you are beginning to believe, or I, I pray that you are believing and increasing in your faith, that you are going from faith to faith. Because that's the only way you're going to go from glory to glory. 
and strength to strength, <laughs> okay? You need to go from faith to faith. It is the, the place you begin. And notice the apostle John says here, you've got so many things in your going, you know, working for you in your favor. Number one, you're born again. <clears throat> That's why it says, notice it says, whatever is born of God, whatever. You know, I really love that. We're going to look at that today. He says, whatever. He didn't say now, whatever is good that is born again. Whatever that is male that is born again. Whatever that is female that is born again. I really, I want you to see black, white, you know, there are, there's nothing there, okay, that restricts this in any way or form. It, there's, there's no ceiling on this thing. It says whatever, whosoever. It doesn't matter. Rich, poor, educated, dumb, <laughs> no, okay, whatever, smart. <laughs> that should have been the opposite. Okay, it doesn't matter. See, isn't that interesting that the world puts such a precedence on intellect and God doesn't even touch that, <laughs> you know? He says, you know, you got a problem, ask for my wisdom, I'll give it to you. Because whatever you think you're smart and you're going to come up with probably isn't the best thing, by the way. Yes, but Lord, I have six degrees. You know, that just complicates matters even more. Now I've got <laughs> okay, to fight you over six degrees to get you there. Hey, that's why the Apostle Paul said, you know, everything I've learned, it's, it's like he says dung, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, as far as he's concerned, it's the stuff that you step over and you go, ooh, what was that? Okay, darn it. Okay, that's how he, that, <laughs> that is how he viewed all of his qualifications and all those things. Not that you shouldn't have any. Okay, and if you've got some, awesome. But the thing is, don't let them get in the way of the thing that God says will change things. And that is if you believe. We're going to look at that today, hopefully, as well. <laughs> okay, I'll try to get to all that today. Yes, let's hurry up and get on with it. Okay, but uh, <laughs> these are all relevant truths. These are all things that I pray. You know, I don't want to just pr uh, uh, teach this to you. I really want this to come across. You know, uh, you know, do you all understand the difference between... Dif slow down. Do you all understand the difference between preaching and teaching? Okay. Teaching is line upon line, precept upon precept, which I do, okay? Because uh, there's a lot of preachers out there that, that just, uh, yeah, they're very powerful, but they're wrong. Uh, and just saying, okay? And I, I looked at it and I thought, we can't have that anymore. We need to have the, the rightly divided word, preached. Do you all get that? Okay, preaching is inspires you. Preaching hopefully helps you get to that place where you are overcoming. Are you all with me? Amen. It puts the life in you, so to speak, okay, to actually go do it. All right. So that, that's really what I want to do. I want to teach you. I want to rightly divide and then preach the thing to you so that you get it right, and then if you do it, it will work. There's nothing wrong, okay, and there's nothing to stop it from working. Okay, because remember, God can only... <laughs> He can only confirm his, can I say, you know, it says he's, he confirms his word, but can I say he can only confirm the rightly divided word? Because if you wrongly believe something and you're going, okay, God, you said such and such, and go, yeah, but that's not in context. That's not what I meant. Are you all with me? Okay, so I need you to know that. So remember, I told you again, three times he, he mentions uh, that we are to overcome and not be overcome, okay? That we are to overcome, <clears throat> And what we did last time also was we went and had a look, of, look at what the world meant in John's writings. And I said that it's this, uh, Satan's worldwide system of deception and wickedness. And let me just read this to you as we go into where we left off. I said here also that it is a hostile environment in which we live, but which we are not of. And even though God loves it and Christ died for it, 
there is an element in it. Remember, there is an element, okay, not the whole world, okay, necessarily, but there is an element in it that the Apostle John identified as false prophets, antichrist, and the children of the devil. I've got scripture verses here, but I gave, gave that to you last week. That has both rejected and hated the Lord Jesus Christ and everyone who represents him. All right, we, we, we talked about all of that last week, and I really need, I don't want to go over that. Is that okay? Okay, <laughs> all right. And we went to John 15, 18. This is where we left off. This is where I want to pick up. All right, where Jesus said, if the world hates you. Now, listen carefully to this, because there's something very profound here. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Now, let's, let's stop there for a minute. I want you to notice that Jesus, I, I want you to see Jesus talking to you right now, okay? He's looking at you right now, and he says, listen, if, you know, because it's like some days we go, well, you know, the world hates me, you know, I just, why do they all just hate me? What's up? <laughs> okay, all right? I want you to notice, he says, if the world hates you, he says, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So he said, listen, man, i already been through that, okay? I know what that's like. I was there. I still am, <laughs> okay? I mean, they're going to crucify him too, all right? But watch verse 19. This is a key thing. He says, if you were of the world, remember you're not of the world, okay? He says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Now, I want to stop and I want to twist. I, I just want to flip that. Listen, the world loves its own. The world promotes its own. The world highly esteems its own. You're getting what I'm saying here? Okay, because it loves its own. That's why I said you need to be careful if you are kind of too loved by the world. Okay, now, when I say that, you know, if Christians love you, that's awesome. But if the world that doesn't believe God loves you, you know, too much, uh, take a step back and kind of go, hmm, am I missing something here? Because I want you to know something that, see, it isn't about you not being lovable. Let me, let me just make something clear here. It isn't about you being lovable. It's about the spirit in you that goes contrary to the world. Joe, with me? Uh, that, you know, let me just share something with you that might help you understand. Uh, you know, those, those times when I just feel like, you know, the anointing has been there and just amazing things have happened. And, you know, I just, I kind of go shopping or something, <laughs> okay? And two things happen. One thing is everybody's nice to me on one side. The other thing is I've noticed some people, they just go crazy. It's never a, a, an in-between thing. It's either hot or cold. It's never lukewarm. You know what I'm trying to say? And, it, and you can tell the ones that are nice to you, they see something in you that attracts them to you. Remember, we are meant to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We are meant to attract people so that they see something in us and want that. Are you all with me? And, that, and, and, you know, and that's how we lead them to the Lord, you know, by what we do. But I also want you to understand something, that if they hate Christ, if they rejected that, then when you come... That's, there is something in you that just annoys them, upsets them. One person called it this way, you know, <laughs> they said, you know, it suddenly manifested. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Something jumped out of the bushes, you know, and you think, whoa, what happened there? And he, you know, this person said, I didn't even do anything. 
And they just, and I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, because it's happened to me too. So th that's what he means. I really need you to get this. It's not that we go out there and go, well, not enough people hate me. Pastor said they need to hate me. So let me do something. <laughs> Please don't do that. Okay, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that those, remember again, the Apostle John said there's an element that he identified as false prophets, antichrist, children of the devil. Those ones will manifest in front of you. Those ones will, you know, something will go off. That's the world he's talking about. Are you all with me? But there is also a, a world that doesn't understand your principles, that doesn't understand your values, that will sort of say, well, why don't you do this? You know, why don't you lie? Why don't you do this? Why don't you say this? You know, why don't you pad your resume? Whatever. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just a white lie. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going to check anyway, generally. Don't do stuff I'm telling you now. Okay. <laughs> okay? You, know, you know what I'm trying to say? And he said, nobody knows. See, the thing is, we go, yeah, but I know. And I can't do stuff like that. And they go, why? What's wrong? Are you all with me? See, they don't get you because they are, they are of the world. They're in the world. They're of the world. You are not of the world. Something has changed in you. Are you all here? And so I really want you to see that. Let me just go back to this now. When Jesus says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world. Say you are not of the world. I'm saying I'm not of the world. Why? Because you're going to overcome that. <laughs> okay? He says, but yet, because you are not of the world, but I have, I chose you out of the world. See, that's the problem. He chose us out of a system that had its teeth in us, a devil that is the God of this world that had us captive, and he pulled us out. Amen. You know, it's like, for the devil, it's like taking out a wisdom tooth. You know, what I'm <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, he holds onto it, and they're pulling, and you know what I'm trying to say? It's a struggle. It's a fight. You got out. The reaction isn't good. <laughs> okay, are you with me? All right, that's why he says, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. See, it's not about who you are, but it's about what has happened to you. Because you've been taken out, they hate you. Because when they are freaking out, you say, greater is he that is in me. When they say, I don't know what to do, you say, I've got the wisdom of God. Not arrogantly and pridefully, but that's what you pray. And you say, come on, Lord, talk to me. You know what to do. I don't know how many times that's worked, <laughs> okay? And, and uh, all of these things are different. And, you know, they can get like, you know, we just want to slap you because you're just always smiling or always happy and, and you're always so positive. We just want to hit something. You know, why don't you be miserable with us is what the world wants. Hmm? But it's not the thing that is good for them. Because if you go join them, they're never getting out. You need to be up here so you can pull them up. Not look down your noses at them, but to actually help them up. Amen? By the way. All right. In fact, it is this, it is this world that the Apostle John made reference to in 1 John chapter 2. We're going there now. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. We looked at this before. But I want you to see all of, that, all of this now in relation to you are world overcomers. Are you all with me? Okay. All right. He says, he says, do not love the world. I want you to take note of the number of times the world comes up in here. Okay. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. So he says, don't love the world. Don't love the things in it. Okay. If anyone loves the world, the, father, the love of the father is not in him. Isn't that interesting? He says, you can't love both. You either love one or the other. That, Jesus put it this way. He said, you can't serve God and money. 
He said, you're going to serve one and hate the other. It's, that's how it's going to be. Because the other one will always get in the way. All with me? Okay, all right. And so he says, uh, for all that is in the world, verse 16, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So notice again that he is talking about a fallen world, not just everybody in the world. Are you all with me? Okay. All right. So he says, it's not the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17. And the world, again, see, is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So once you notice the number of times he just mentioned the world, the world, the world, the world. And he's saying, don't have anything to do with it. They're going to hate you. Stay away from it. <laughs> okay. He's just going, listen, man, you need to separate yourself from the world. Now, yes, Jesus so loved Okay, the world. Oh, God so loved the world. God so loved the world. This very world that hates us. This very world that we are to stay separate from. God so loved that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him can what? Be saved. Yes, I changed it. <laughs> okay. Not left there. Amen. He died for them. See, this is what the... I think this is what the greatest contradiction, uh, problem, whatever we have in our brain, is trying to reconcile these two things. Okay, so we're not to love the world, but we're to save it. How can we save something we don't love? No, <laughs> okay, you need to be careful that what you're not loving is their way of doing things, their values, what they deem is important. Are you all here? That's what he's saying, don't love that stuff. You need to change their minds and see that there is a better way. Are you all here? Amen? Okay. Accordingly, let's continue. In his commentary, William MacDonald says that the world system is a monstrous, I really like this, a monstrous scheme of temptation. Did you get that? A monstrous scheme of temptation. It schemes. It sits there and plots away. <laughs> okay? Always trying to drag us away from God and from what is eternal... You really need to catch that. Drag us away from God and what is eternal. Listen, that's what we are committed to. We are committed to God and doing things that are eternal. Are you all here? As much as we enjoy success down here, if we do it in God, then it will have an eternal consequence to it somewhere down the line. Amen. You know, that's why I say, you know, you can even sing a secular song and it'd be so anointed. Somebody just thinks, I think I need God. You know, and it, there was nothing about that song that was God. You say, well, where is that in the Bible? Well, read the book of Esther. I don't think there's any mention of God in it from beginning to end. Is it Esther? I think that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And yet everything in it points to God. It's never mentioned, but it all points to him. See what I'm saying? There is something about you. You are, you are epistles read of all people. There can be something about you. Even though you never mentioned God, they're just talking to you kind of go, I think I need God. And you think, where did that come from? That's because you are you. You are the light. You shine whether you like it or not. <laughs> Amen? Okay. All right. So where was I? Okay, back to this. Always trying to drag us away from God and from what is eternal and seeking to occupy us with what is temporary and sensual. Sensual means the five senses, okay? All right. People of the world are completely taken up with the things of time and sense. 
They have become the victims of passing, that's time, things. Those are the senses. <laughs> All right? They have become the victims, I really like that, of passing things. Now, I really want to get a hold of this because these are the things that will take you away from overcoming them. If you have joined yourself to them, you will never overcome them because you want them. Did you get what I said? All right. You need to understand that everything has a place. You see, I've said this before and I'll say it again. In, in, you know, in terms of what I'm talking about, God doesn't have a problem with you having money. Let that sink in. God doesn't have a problem with you having money. In fact, he, he said the wealth of the sinner has been laid up for the just. You're meant to have all the money. Okay? So, let me say that. Now, let me twist it around. All right? So, God doesn't have any trouble with you having money. What the problem he has is when money has you. Did you get that? See, that's when you, you, you become a part of the world. You love the things of the world. And because you're in that and you love it, you won't let go of it. That's when God says, I want you to tithe or give offerings or whatever. You go, no way. No, seriously, you know what I'm trying to say? Because it's kind of like that's something in the world that has got a hold of you. You don't have it. It's got you now. And he's saying just... <laughs> You need to let go of it to become free. I'm thinking of monkeys. You go, you're kidding me. No, okay? I'm thinking of monkeys right now. I'm thinking of the way that they catch monkeys, you know, out in Africa or wherever they, they are. Okay, I might have got that part wrong. But anyway, you know what they do? They stick a little fruit or something in a jar. And the thing is, without anything in your hand, you can put your hand in the jar. As soon as you grab what's in the jar and make a fist, you can't pull your hand back out. And so, th this is us, okay? And so, well, you know that's all they do? They just put all these jars out, tie a string on the jar, and just wait. And here come the monkey. And he goes, whoa, fruit in a jar. Sticks his hand in the jar. This is what they do. Grabs the fruit, and, and, you know, and they're trying to pull it out. And the guy is coming at him with a stick, and he won't let go of the fruit. And so that, that's, that's all they do. They, they trap themselves. And they, ding, next. Put the same fruit, the same jar back out because nobody could eat that. You know, it's still stuck in the hand. Of course, when you get knocked out, you let go. Needless to say. So you reset the trap. <laughs> okay? Isn't this interesting that that's what God is seeing? That's what God is saying. Can I just put it in those terms? Don't love the fruit or the jar that it's in. If anybody loves the fruit and the jar that it's in, then <laughs> they're going to be overcome by the fruit and the jar. Amen. Okay. If the monkey just tipped the jar. See, that's God's system of, of finance. He says, because so, to get the fruit in the jar, it obviously has to fit through the hole. Which means it can be popped back out idea is don't put your hand in it tip the jar upside down don't love the jar don't go oh the jar i cannot touch it. the jar needs to be this way I, you know <laughs> praise be the jar you okay the, the, yeah, as soon as you go you know what if you need to turn the thing upside down turn it upside down because that's where the money is coming from and the world says we can't ever do that and all the monkey says don't ever do that we never do that that's why you keep getting caught and there's one smart monkey 
<laughs> I got a lot of fruit today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> and saved a few other monkeys. <laughs> no, no fruit in the jar anymore. Hallelujah. That's what you are meant to be doing. Amen. Enough with the monkeys. All right, let's get back to this. The victims of passing things. All right, and as bad as this invisible system of demonic and human evil is, and as much as Satan operates within it to capture people's souls for hell, the Apostle John boldly claims in direct opposition to this, 1 John 5, 4, that whatever or whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. He says, listen, I don't care what it is. You were, you were recreated. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Oh, that's women as well. Okay. You are a new creation. You were recreated to overcome the world. Amen. And that's the reason why, family, if we don't change our mentality, we are going to stay a captive of this world and its systems. And we're going to think that's the only way we're ever going to succeed. That's the only way we're ever going to get anywhere. Because this is the way the world recognizes us. And this is how the world promotes its own. It will only promote its own that that it loves. But understand something. God can do something very interesting. He can change the hearts of people if, (laughs) okay, if you do what he asks you to do, then they'll do things that they not necessarily characteristically would do. Let, Let me explain that. I remember a story that a preacher was, was sort of uh, saying uh, on one of his teachings. He was sort of saying how we go into this place where you know, they used to publish their newsletters and so on and so forth, right? And they, so he'd go to this uh, publishing house or printing house, whatever. And uh, so, you know, he, <laughs> the owner was a real tough guy. You know, one of those smoke a cigar and yeah, whatever, okay? And he goes, he goes in and he says, oh, <laughs> okay? He says, oh, Brother so-and-so, come on here, come on here. He goes, today we have a special. You know, we can do all of this for this price. So maybe we should do that for you, blah, 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 blah. And he said, five minutes later, this other guy comes in and he goes, what what do you want? And he goes, oh, we want this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And takes him to, he said it was the same thing. And he didn't offer him the sale. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, that's going to cost you. It was like twice as much. (laughs) He was standing there and he said, People had said to him that he always acts differently around you. He never tells people about what's, you know, what the best way to do it or whatever. Because he's out to make money. Except when you tithe, God kicks in. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so when you walk in, God says, okay, this is one of mine. I don't care what you think, basically. You're going to tell them all the things they need to know, okay? Because they've been doing the right thing. They've been, you know, tithing, offering, whatever. You need to tell them this. And they'll go against their nature to do right by you. Did you get that? You are what overcomes the world. Greater is he that's in you. We're coming to that in just a minute. Okay, let's continue. The phrase, let's get on to this now. The phrase for whatever is born of God, which, is, which in the Greek reads, for all that is born of God, is the Apostle John's way of saying, as a general rule, everyone begotten of God have the quality and inherent power to overcome the world. Did you get that? Everyone that is born of God has the quality and the inherent power to overcome. It's there. You've got the potential. You just need to believe it. Do you understand now? 
If you believe, all things are possible because it's already there. See, you're believing. Now, if you get this, it'll really bless you. Your believing doesn't make something true that wasn't true before. Your believing activates something that has always been true, that has laid dormant because you've just never believed. You see, it's like this. You know, your believing doesn't just put a switch, you know, a light switch on the wall. Okay? And you go, well, I believe, and there's a light switch now. There's nothing attached to it. You can switch it on and off. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but the difference is there's a light switch already there. It's connected to all of this stuff. If you flip the switch, everything will work. But you need to know to flip the switch. Do you get the difference? So it's not you putting a switch there. It's already there. Whatever is born of God has already overcome the world. But you just don't know it yet. Somebody needs to let you know this so that you can go and switch it on so it starts working for you. Are you all with me? That's all I'm here to do. I'm not here to try and get you to believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. <laughs> like one of those auctioneers. Okay, it's not one of those things. It, <laughs> that's not going to do anything. Listen, if it's not there already, forget about it. Okay, this is something that is already there. And God is saying, can you please turn the switch on? And you're going, but God, I'm in the dark. I don't know what I'm doing. Turn the switch on. Yes, but Lord, they say, don't worry about what they say. Turn the thing. See that little thing? Just switch it on. Switch it on. Yeah, but everybody says that's just in your head. And Switch the thing on. <laughs> you know? See what happens. Okay? No, no. That's the believing part. You have to believe before. Okay? All right. All right. So, it was a truth that was hinted at in 1 uh, John 4, 4, when the Apostle John said, you are of God, little children. You are of God. Now, watch the difference between these two, okay? He says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Now, watch the difference between verse 4 and 5 and 1 John 4, 4. He says in uh, 1 John 4, 4, he says, you are of God and have overcome them. Notice it's not the world. It's those who are in the world. Did you get that? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So, but I want you to notice that what is in the world and influencing people is not as powerful as what's in you. Did you get that? Able to overcome that. Let me share something with you on a spiritual realm here because others you won't get this. Remember I told you the guy about the cigar in the mouth and the, okay, that guy, okay? See, obviously there's a spirit over him, obviously. Thing is, when you walk in, do you know there's a spirit over you? Do you know there's more with us angelic-wise than there with them? Do you know when your angels come and they look at one of theirs, they go, <laughs> we'll go sit in the corner for a while, I think. And they stop influencing the person. I'm giving you some insight into this now, okay? Because your angel, pull, you know, they start sassing you out, your angel will pull out its sword and go, you really want to go here? <laughs> we'll, we'll, no, <laughs> not today, okay? 
I don't get paid enough to do this stuff, man, okay? Yeah, the devil doesn't pay him nothing. You know what I'm trying to say, okay? Listen, listen, okay? So that's what changes in the spirit, see? Suddenly the wind goes out of their sail. Because the presence of God, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, walks in and angels are following. Do you know the angel that was assigned to you when you were a baby never left? He didn't look at Michelle and go, well, you know, you turned 21. That's it, sister. You're on your own. <laughs> it, it never did that. They hang with you. Sorry, I keep picking on you. They hang with you throughout your life. And sometimes, over time, others will get added to you. I know somebody saw it. Look, anyway, anyway the, the thing is, you can get added to it. They'll never take away from you. Do you know every human being on this planet has an angel attached to them, even the sinners? Did you know that? You know what their job is? Get saved, get saved, get saved, get saved. That's all the angel is saying to them, get saved. Hurry up and get saved. <laughs> okay? Because we can't do anything for you until you do. And then after we get saved, it's like, get in the word, get in the word, get some faith because you don't release us. We're still here. We've never left you. You just never ask. Amen. You just need to learn to ask. So you just need to know that those guys are always there. So whenever you walk in, that's what walks in. That's what allows you to overcome. See, that's why it says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world, than he that's in the world, than the devil that's in the world, not just in the world, but in the people of the world. So there is something in you that is more powerful than what is in them. Did, did you all get that? Okay. And when you walk in, it overshadows, it just, it stops, it neutralizes, it shuts down what is going on in their life. And allows God's will to be done until you walk out and then they go back to whatever, okay? Uh, you, you know. All right. So I've said here again, unlike First uh, John 4, 4, that focused on overcoming those in the world, the Apostle John now lets us know that we have the power and the potential to overcome the whole world as well. See, this is a big thing now. Okay, this is what the Apostle Paul talked about when he said, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers. And we win, by the way. Some people are just wrestling and wrestling. And, oh, God, I need a break from wrestling. Why? What are you doing? Stop it. Our fight isn't one that hasn't been determined yet. Our fight has already been determined. We win. You go in winning. It's a fixed fight. <laughs> okay? You meant to go in winning. The other guy takes a fall. Amen. You know, <laughs> I'm getting pictures today. I <laughs> you know what it's like? It's like that. I, I saw this. Anybody see? Anyway, it was a movie called Sergeant Bilko. Okay? It was a funny thing. It was a, a fight that was fixed. See? So one guy goes and tells the other guy, if you take a fall, I'll pay you this much. And so he, he, he says, I'll get the money to you, you know, around the fight time. So he gives, you know, Sergeant Klutz or Private Klutz or whatever the money and Private Klutz goes and pays the wrong guy. So the other guy reckons, oh, they probably want me to take a fall. So, <laughs> okay. So one guy reckon, reckons that he's going to take a fall. The other, guy's got, other one's got paid to take a fall. They're both dancing around the ring, not hitting anybody. <laughs> this is, <laughs> is kind of what it looks like with us. The, the, the fight is fixed and we don't know. And, and then, you know, on accident, somebody out of boredom just throws a punch and the other one does it at the same time and they both fall. And everybody knows it's fixed. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Listen, 
God has already fixed the fight on your behalf. Can you not just fall over? Everybody looks and goes, you've got to be kidding me. They both fell. What the heck? As Tina would say. <laughs> okay? You know, it's just like, really? That's how silly it looks. When we lay down, when God said you are the one that has deemed to be the winner. You're the one that was chosen. You have overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Can you trust, please? Amen? I'm going to finish with this. In his commentary, <clears throat> John MacArthur says that the, world, the word for overcomer, we'll pick up here because there's a lot in this, okay? The word for overcomer results from a Greek word meaning to conquer, to have victory, to have superiority, or conquering power. Did you get all of that? We, we need to talk about that. Okay, I don't need to get it today. I'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, oh, tomorrow. Next week. Okay, tomorrow. You want to come next? No, don't worry. All right. <laughs> okay. Once again, it's, it's to conquer, to have victory, to have superiority, or conquering power. The word reflects a genuine superiority that leads to overwhelming success. Not just success, but an overwhelming success. The victory is demonstrable. It, you can see it. Okay? It involves overthrowing an enemy so that the victory is seen by all. Wow. That's what Colossians 2.15 was talking about. And it wasn't just at the cross. It was in hell. When it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This didn't happen on the cross. People say, oh, the cross, that's where Jesus overcame. He didn't, he died. But three days later, <laughs> okay, God begins to speak into hell, and something that has never happened before happens. Somebody rises up from the deepest bowels of hell, and it looks like the sun just, you know, shone in hell that day. Nobody could look at that because he's God, remember? He's a fire from the loins up and the loins down in hell. It is so bright. It said that he is, that's why when they describe him in Revelation, uh, or, yeah, and also in, on the Mount of Transfiguration, it's like when you're looking at the sun in its full strength. That happened in hell. That's why he just, oh, see, let alone them fight him, they couldn't even look at him. That's what you are in this world. That's why Jesus said, haven't I told you that you are the light? And we think, oh yes, yes, we're the little bulb of the world. No, you're not that little bulb. <laughs> okay? You are like the sun, man. You should be shining so bright that demons just can't look at you. They can't be in your presence whenever you come in. But it all works through faith. You need to believe. I'm going to leave it there because we're going to pick up on that next week. Is that all right? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, that we are